I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. somebody wanted to hear right now from the naughtily titled album for unlawful carnal knowledge Carolina has just scored to go up 5-3 on the flames with a minute 52 left I have the sound turned down I believe Calgary uh, challenged unsuccessfully so it looks like Carolina is going to win that one Blues leading the Capitals 2-1 with 2.40 left in the second period Bushnevich the go-ahead goal for St. Louis in that one. Oilers and Senators coming up on Monday, 6 o'clock face-off show for Furnace Family Oilers Hockey here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 8. Gord Wilson is the color analyst on the Senators radio network. And Gord, uh, this was supposed to be a travel day, or tell me how everything shook down here for you and the Senators. Yeah, good evening, Reed. Uh, nice to be with you. Uh, we were supposed to be, uh, well, if we were going to be doing this interview, I would be in Vancouver, actually. Uh, but uh, that game got postponed, obviously. Tomorrow's game got postponed, which means our flight got cancelled this morning. Uh, the Senators were scheduled to uh, go through their COVID testing early this morning, uh, and that would include myself as part of the traveling party, uh, a light practice at 10 o'clock, and then putting on a bird, putting ourselves on a bird uh, bound for Vancouver at around 12.30 Eastern. So uh, everything got kiboshed, and um, here we are back at home. I've done some vacuuming, cleaned some toilets, um, um, changed some toilet paper rolls, and I'm all set for a road trip that uh, w- that was supposed to be about nine days that's now down to about five. So uh, all set to go to your fair town um, with fingers crossed tomorrow same time same schedule (laughs) well a productive day i know whenever i vacuum i feel like i've accomplished something so i applaud you for that gorge which uh it's a nice little detail you threw in (laughs) i have two golden retrievers so there's vacuuming that could be done every hour (laughs) i bet well at least if you spill food you know they're gonna vacuum it up yes exactly a hundred percent all right, so you'll, you'll come here tomorrow, then I'll assume they'll skate on Sunday and uh, and play on Monday. Okay, interesting one. Um, boy, oh boy, remember last season? Uh, <laughs> 9-0. and oh, I think the Oilers are struggling. Is the matchup any better for the Senators this time around, though? <laughs> well, wait a minute. 9-0, and oh, you're referring to the Oilers record against yeah, sorry, Ottawa? From, I'm, yes, I'm okay. talking from an Edmonton yeah. perspective. 0-9 oh, yes, okay. in your fair city, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and not forgotten, I'm guessing. You know, it's funny because I didn't, uh, we only talked to one player today, Thomas Shabbat, and um, 
none of us who were on the Zoom call actually brought up the record against the Edmonton Oilers, and perhaps we should have. I actually thought of it uh, yesterday and thought, oh, let's bring this up and see what they all think, but um, it never got mentioned today. But, yeah, 0-9 against the Oilers, and you're asking if they're a better team this year. They're certainly in better shape going into Monday's game if, in fact, there is a game. The Senators, one of the hardest-hit teams by COVID back in November and then again a second bout uh, through the month of December basically so um, they got they have all but one player off the COVID protocol list and I'm not sure you can say that about most teams who are going through it right now including the Oilers Um, with that in mind uh, the only player out is Anton Forsberg but he's expected to come off the list tomorrow and practice with the hockey club so they'll go with a full complement of players I can tell you that and I think around the National Hockey League every team is kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop on a daily basis in other words well we got three guys out today who's going to be out tomorrow kind of thing there are three regulars on the senators who have yet to have COVID uh, through either of the uh, two bouts that have gone through the the senators camp Um, um, Brady Kachuk being one of them uh, Tim Stutzla being another and a defenseman by the name of Artem Zub as well who has not had it but again you know in these times with the transmissibility if you will of this virus and uh, this variant of the virus it's almost a, a guarantee that these three will get it at some point over the next little while so uh, kind of waiting for that if it doesn't happen terrific the team will go into Edmonton at full strength and they could certainly use it they 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 ended the month of December on the 18th of December uh, with a 4-3 overtime loss in Philadelphia and they were fairly healthy then and they were also playing some of their best hockey. December was their best month even though they only played nine games Reed they were 5-3-1 and one. this after a 1-11-1 record in November so um, they started to turn things around based on health and based on better goaltending and based on more structure in their own end and if they can rekindle the magic as quickly as possible, we should be in for a better game, I think, on Monday. Uh, well, yeah, it's desperate times for the Oilers here. I mean, we've been talking a lot uh, for the last, well, several weeks on shows like this about everything that's going on there. Uh, save percentage has hurt the Oilers lately. What's going on with Matt Murray? I mean, he still hasn't won a game in the NHL this year, has he? No, he has not. Uh, 0-6 this year. His latest was the 6 nothing loss on January the 1st in Toronto. That's been Ottawa's only game and their last game uh, and the only game since the 18th, 18th of December. So they haven't played. Matt hasn't played. He got sent down to Belleville, the, the team's American Hockey League. Uh, squad uh, to get some conditioning in, to get some game time in, and basically to try and get his game back on track. And unfortunately, the move, while well thought out, backfired because of COVID. Uh, Belleville ended up getting it, and the team got quarantined, and Matt ended up spending more time uh, in his basement uh, with his dogs than um, with teammates in a locker room, uh, which is unfortunate because he only played two games in Belleville, and I think the plan was to get him as many games as possible before bringing him back up uh, to play with the Senators. Uh, it's been a struggle, to say the least, um, and the 0-6 record this year 
Um, doesn't tell the whole story because the team hasn't played all that well in front of him. Uh, he played well enough, believe it or not, in a 6 nothing loss. The Senators gave up a couple of shorthanded goals on the same power play in a 0-0 hockey game, and it just kind of sank them. And then they gave up a bunch of breakaways in the third period that um, added insult to injury in the 6 nothing loss. Didn't look good or reflect well on Matt, but believe me, his performance, and we were there in Toronto calling the game, his performance was was good enough to say, okay, maybe there's an opportunity for him to start turning the corner. And then the next thing you know, the next game is postponed. The game after that is postponed. What he's looking for is an ability to get some traction. And um, uh, if if this team can play a few games consistently here, and obviously the next two are scheduled, Monday and Thursday, I would suspect that Matt is going to play both of those games if, in fact, the plan is to get him on track because they certainly need him. He's got three more years this year and two more years at six million. And, um, you know, here we are in January and he's winless. He hasn't won a game since April of last year. And no, it wasn't against the Oilers. Um, so they are desperate to get him going. And um, the only way to do that is to get him to play. I want, I want to ask you this. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Ottawa had that poor 12 or 13 game run. Uh, certainly a respectable December, 5-3-1. and one. The Oilers would have loved that. They have two wins in their last 13. Um, you know, obviously every team wants to win the Stanley Cup, but I still think there are realistic expectations and measures of success for how a team does. I mean, for Edmonton, I think it would at least be in the playoffs for people to have any sort of happiness about this season and, you know, <laughs> hopefully win a, win a round or two. If they miss the playoffs, it's going to be awful. Well, yeah. What were realistic expectations for? I mean, their their points percentage right now is 345, which is oh, not great. What, what's, no. a, what's a good season for Ottawa when we talk at the end of April? Well, a good season for the Senators would be the elimination of really bad months. And obviously, you can't win a Stanley Cup in November or December, but you can lose the chance to play for it. And certainly, this past, or this this November, the month of November this season, has given them the ability to miss the chance to miss the play to to make the playoffs. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't think expectations were that this team would be a playoff team but there were certainly higher expectations based on how they ended the last year nine three and one in their last 13 games or nine two and one I think in their last dozen games um, they played very competitive hockey and they were healthy and uh, with the exception of Matt Murray believe it or not he uh, unfortunately got hurt and didn't play the last uh, half dozen games or so but the goaltending was there, the structure was there, uh, the better players, um, and, and we're talking young players here, second-year players, first-year players, they seem to get a little bit better and a little bit more competitive and a little bit more used to the pace of the NHL, not just pace of play uh, on, on the ice, but the pace of the NHL in terms of going from city to city, the travel, the schedule, um, uh, just little nuances of the game that they had not experienced before. With that in mind, uh, it all changes this year. They thought their team was going to be really good or or carry over from what they had last year, but a snap of the finger doesn't do that. I think we all know that, uh, and unfortunately, uh, the early start uh, saw them lose two key players, and I say key, and people will think, okay, 
well, they're bit parts for most NHL teams, but a Colin White in his fourth year and um, a guy by the name of uh, Shane Pinto who <laughs> was part of the 12-game run at the end of the season last year coming out of the University of North Dakota and looking like a, a, a regular NHLer in just 12 games. He just looked as comfortable and confident with his own game at the NHL level as, uh, as like nobody would expect. So there was encouragement from all of that. Colin White gets hurt in training camp and is done until probably in February or March, and five games into the season, Shane Pinto suffers a similar shoulder injury, and he's done probably until April. So you take away two centermen of the four that you think are going to start the season, and you don't have a lot of depth to begin with. All of a sudden, you're thinking, what's going on here? And um, uh, they weren't able to catch up, obviously. They had some key injuries at key times, and then COVID strikes in November. Yeah, players are affected, and um, you know they're forced to play. I think at least seven or eight games with a shortage of upwards of ten players, ten regulars out of the lineup, and they just could not catch up. Now, I'm not making excuses, and I'm not using COVID as an excuse because the team wasn't playing well before COVID came along. They lost their way, and um, they had a hard time finding it, and had a harder time finding it when COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's tough, but, uh, I mean, I know they have some entertaining players and some feisty players and there were a couple battles last year between the Oilers and, uh, and, and I mean, I like some of the, honestly, like the nine games, there were a couple that got a little nasty, quite frankly, and not that yep. going two and two and seven would have been much of a victory for, but I thought probably two of those, like I thought Koskinen stole one and Smith probably stole one, uh, but obviously some were blowouts where the Oilers jumped all over him early. I'll tell you this, the Oilers would love to score first against Ottawa because they've only done it four times in the last 25 games. This is That's one of the weirdest stats I've ever encountered yeah. covering any team you know I've ever covered anywhere. Yeah, I watched the game the other night against Toronto and the statistics of uh, what were they, 0-12, or what are you, 0-12 when uh, trailing after one period of play and you're when you score yeah. and you're leading after one, your record is almost completely the opposite. It's, it is weird. Um, the Senators, for... Uh, from from their perspective, have cleaned up their act in the second period. This is a team that gave up more second period goals, I think, than any other team in the NHL over the last four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. And now they've they've cut down, and they're almost about even as far as goals for goals against. They're still a team that gives up an inordinate amount of goals in the third period, and um, uh, that still is an issue, and that has to do with. Uh, youth, inexperience, and at times goaltending, and um, uh, just lack of structure in their own end. Well, I hope the game is going to happen. I mean, it's uh, been on the schedule this long with games on either sides of it getting postponed. So I will, uh, I will wish you a safe trip tomorrow and hopefully see you at the rink Sunday and or Monday. Gord, I always appreciate uh, you when you come on the show, man. Have a great weekend. Yeah, my pleasure, Reed. Anytime, sir. You too, and hopefully we'll see you on uh, Monday. Fingers there crossed. We go. Right on. That is uh, Gord Wilson from the Senators broadcast booth. Yeah, as he said, better lately, but they, they got way behind with a slump early on. Uh, they have 20 points in 29 games, 30th overall in the National Hockey League. By the way, in terms of points, the order is still sitting in uh, 15th, a little lower than that if you sort it by points percentage. It is 7th. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 48, I, I think we have more Van Halen coming up. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. to get to that part, Kellen. I assume we had multiple requests for Panama. Uh, several, yes. Several requests for Canada. Or Canada. Panama. Panama and Canada. <laughs> that was the Weird Al version. Canada. Canada! <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope a few Van Halen songs have made your Friday night a little more festive as we take you into the weekend here on Inside Sports. Oilers uh, practicing again tomorrow, optional, but I, I'm guessing a lot of the guys would be out there uh, full practice on Sunday, and then the game coming up Monday against the Ottawa Senators. Six o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 8. Obviously, really tough run here for Edmonton, and uh, Zach Cassian says you just got to keep working. If you're playing the right way, more times than not, you're going to create your own bounces and things are going to go your way. I think um, there's been spurts through games where we've played well, but then there's been times where we let off the gas a little bit. And I think if you sat here at the beginning of the year, we would have told you the same thing. There's going to be highs and lows through a season. Obviously, we went through a really big high um, where we had a lot of success, and now we're kind of in the low of lows where we it seems like we can't win a game. But um, if we get back to the basics, we rest up mentally, physically. Um, there's still a lot of hockey to be played, and there's a, the, we still have a lot of belief in our dressing room. Obviously, it's tough when you're losing in this market. Everyone wants to win, win now, but it's a process, and uh, there's going to be highs and lows through a season. We just got to stick together, and um, there's no doubt in my mind we'll get through this, but it's obviously taking a little longer than we'd all like. All right, that is uh, Zach Cassian after practice today. Also, uh, Dylan Holloway practiced today, the first-round draft pick from 2020. He was going to be on the ice anyway, but Kyler Yamamoto went off after the uh, positive COVID test. That was before the formal part of practice even started. So Holloway skated with Fogel and Dreisaitl, and Dave Tippett commented on Holloway's skill set. His skating is elite. Like even David Pelche said, like, this is... Pelch was treating him like a son there for a while. He loves him so much. So uh, his skating is elite. But, uh, you know, he's had that wrist has bothered him for a long time. So it'll take him a while to get his, his puck stuff up. But he looks good out there. Like if you went out and just didn't know he had an injury and you're watching him out there, you go, hey, this is a pretty good player here. So we'll see. He's got to get up and going. He hasn't played in a long time. But he's a really good prospect. And, and he's a like fitness-wise and attitude-wise is excellent. Yeah, intriguing prospect for the Oilers. Uh, again, the plan with him, get him up and going here, probably goes to Bakersfield, Tippett said, 
eight, 10 games down there, most likely see how he does. And, uh, you know, possibly an option for the Oilers. I mean, we're probably looking more like into March now. I know what some of you are thinking, kind of like a trade deadline acquisition without having to make a trade. That would be the best case scenario. Uh, and I wonder too, how they're going to handle, speaking of players coming up from the farm, I wonder how they're going to handle Stuart Skinner. I mean, I think obviously the uh, confidence level in Miko Koskinen is perhaps lower than ever. And uh, Mike Smith has uh, not exactly inspired a lot of confidence since he came back from injury. I think he's had some some good moments, but some tough moments as well. We talked about the save percentage five on five on the show yesterday and a little bit earlier today. You, I mean, we'll see. I think it's going to be Smith on Monday. The Condor's got some games coming up here. Skinner plays. Maybe he's up when the Oilers get back at it on January 20th. Okay. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, there we go. Besides Gord Wilson, you heard from Blake Dermott. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. I just want to get up and dance. Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for tuning in. You'll know when it's love, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.